0: Hello episode 42 and we're back. Apologies for it being I think probably an extra week than I'd promised but you know that's the way it's been with life I'm afraid. Work and then we've had problems with, well not problems with guests, it's just scheduling. I'll talk about that in a minute but anyway welcome back and hello to all the extra countries. I'm not going to do just a roll call of countries this time because you know where you are and thank you so much for listening in very far-flung regions When I say far-flung, you're not far-flung from where you are, but from where I am, it's a long way. And thank you for joining, and you know who you are, and I appreciate it. So thank you very much, episode 42. Now, this week, it's going to be a fun one. I'm back with my very good friend, Tony. Tony Higgins, uh, friend and confidant. And Tony, as uh, people who are regular listeners will know, Tony is a screenwriter for... The BBC primetime shows Casualty and Holby. And uh, he does a sterling job on those shows. And um, we're probably not going to talk about that too much uh, this time round. Really, it's going to be just us catching up. We're going to talk about stuff that we like, stuff that we don't like, um, our friendship, and probably a little bit more detail than uh, the, the last time. And perhaps stuff that we'd normally talk about off mic. I mean, I'm private. Well, just, you know, there might be some, I hate to use the term tea spilled, but it will be just fun stuff anyway. Um, and Tony's been a favourite with listeners. And I think that's just because he's a very real, down-to-earth kind of chap. And I uh, I think this is what this episode will be about. It's a fun episode. And it's kind of keeping in with the summer vibes that are happening around me and I'm not going to give you a weather report it's a beautiful day um so summer vibes ahead um I will be doing a pride related episode but it's not going to be quite the same format as last year's which was a very popular one as at the moment I've been searching high and low to find um pride related art and uh exhibitions at the moment there isn't i did discover there's going to be a new lgbtq i all the letters center um in east london uh that uh i'm quite interested in talking to people who are who are working for funding on that and it looks like it's going to happen i think in 20 i think next year um anyway um but yes this year pride chats will be I think, really, I'm going to do something that's based in The Pride in Margate, which I went to last year and I raved to you about. Margate, for listeners outside of the UK, is on the Kent coast and is about an hour and a quarter, an hour and twenty minutes or so from uh, from London, from King's Cross. Um, And it's in August this year, so my Pride episode is probably going to be a little bit later unless I fall upon... Um, anything in the meantime. I shall keep you posted. Now, I have four guests booked uh, ahead. Um, but as I say, <sighs> scheduling really has been has been quite difficult with illness and work, and it's made it somewhat difficult to to, to schedule these people. Um, now, this is when I am, and by the next episode, going to give you details of my Patreon, which is going to hopefully help me, A, keep the podcast more regular, B, be able to enable me to get guests from further afield, um, and maybe uh, uh, people who I might have to give a, at least a travel fare to, um, also for me to travel to, perhaps. So train fares for myself. Um, I need a decent portable mic there's a lot of things that come into toe with uh with with growing the podcast and i'd really like to and i'd like to take it on my travels uh work-wise and elsewise um anyway so there are more details on that next time now i've started working on uh another sideline job which i'll probably chat about at some point down the line um i I think it's going to be lots of fun and Um, just to keep you up to date with what I've been doing, and that's sort of, uh, that's going to be, uh, taking up some time ahead. Um, other bits and pieces, my usual bits and pieces, um, I'm, um, I'm, I'm getting my head down back into my own script right now, because, uh, as I said to you before, everything kind of got waylaid, and then, uh, with funerals and weddings and all the rest, um, I, Uh, my head wasn't in that place however hard I tried so um that's that's kind of back in place so I'm trying to get that done and I know I keep talking about it but the more I talk about it the more I have to pursue myself push myself so that's on the way um other things I've done I do recently did a a workshop reading for a, a musical a couple of weeks ago and that was so much fun um, there were a few, I suppose, quite prominent faces from the world of musical theatre in London and uh, West End and stuff. And I was kind of there as, uh, as as Mr Comedy, which was lovely and was lots of fun. Um, and uh, I really enjoyed that. It was just, uh, it was a, a really good day. Um, there's a few projects bubbling, um, things that we shall see about ahead, but I don't want to give you too much, but... Um, Uh, there's a few possibilities in the pipeline, but anyway, blah, blah, don't tempt fate. Um, Now, the next thing I just want to reiterate, I know people are catching up with podcasts, and I, I truly, genuinely do want to thank you for joining me and your continued listenership, but I want to extend my invite that if anyone is ever going through any of the issues I've chatted about with guests, or especially issues I've chatted about on my own um you know, if you have a family member who is struggling with Alzheimer's or dementia, um, I'm always available to you if you want to send me a private message or contact me via my website uh, which is 40some gay.co.uk um you can contact me through even through my acting website, which is mattyandkelly.com. Um, I I Twitter there are many ways. The usual ways but please do jump in um also if anyone would like to promote any upcoming shows or exhibitions or albums or you have something you think that my audience would like to hear about or if you just want to uh, to give yourselves an extra push and you think you might you might have some fun chatting to me please get in touch Um, As I say, I have four guests booked ahead, but um, obviously we have the rest of the year. So uh, do feel free to join me that way. Now, before we come to Tony and I just having a bit of a blabber, let's just give you my recommendations. Um, Now, this week, I'm going to keep it nice and brief if I can. Now, obviously, and to people who follow me on Twitter... Know that I've become obsessed with the Christine and the Queen's song "Girlfriend," which is basically Jam and Lewis Minneapolis, um, eighties Paula Abdul eighties, um, but with uh, with lyrics that are a lot uh, a lot deeper and probably based in quite a feminist stance, but she's. Chris is... Uh, there's, a, there's a great video that goes with it. I'm not going to go into details. Just go and look at it. And it's called Girlfriend, Christine and the Queens. And I'm sure a lot of my listeners are already into it. And uh, anyway, moving on. So, something that might not be quite so uh, in the public eye, and will probably grow to be, is a song called Love Like Waves by the band Friendly Fires. Um, and I've loved Friendly Fires albums previously, um, but love like waves is, I think, is probably is, is there other stuff? been dance indie. This is kind of just really, really dance summer beach festival. Maybe if a little bit older, cooking in the kitchen with the window open, having a glass of rosé. Um, not mentioning in names, me. Um, and it's it's just so up. Um, and I'm sure you will hear it all over the place and I'm sure it will get used in adverts and things later down the line but while it's still fresh go and discover Love, Light, Waves, Friendly Fires on iTunes, YouTube and all the usual places Um, love that summer, summer, summer and and then finally before Tony and I get chatting is an album by uh, a collective called August Green Now, August Green, the album is called August Green. Um, And um, basically, they are uh, a modern-day supergroup. And they consist of um, Common, who is a rapper, um, a uh, pianist called Robert Glasper, um, who does a lot of stuff, Uh, for soundtracks and Kareem Riggins I think that's how you pronounce it who was also a jazz drummer and a hip-hop artist um and they uh they've been involved in soundtracks for uh for tv shows one including uh was a Netflix documentary called 13th which I have yet to see but anyway I think that's how they they came together for that and then realized that they loved working together um they released a single prior to the album um, which was a cover of the sounds of blackness song optimistic which i love that song but they do a grand cover of it with the singer brandy Uh, she's also on a lot of um brandy of the boy is mine uh fame she's on quite a lot of the album but it's generally very chilled and I know that not all of my listeners would definitely jump into a hip hop jazz or rap album but I do always give these recommendations because I think give it a chance I love it anyway um and all I can say there's one there's a really summery summery track on it called Aya which is just is just it sounds again sounds like summer and I I you know I love those songs it's it's up and it's chilled um um there is obviously there's optimistic um and i don't know there's there's a there's there's quite a few kind of introspective songs on life and i could list you go and listen to it go and listen to it give it a go um especially if it's your kind of thing anyway that's enough of me on my own let's get tony in tony take it away Here with uh, the wonderful, marvellous Mr Tony Higgins Welcome back Tony Higgins Hello, nice to be back Um, So we're going to um, shoot the breeze with some general fun questions for Tony Because he's been very popular with the listeners (laughs) You're very popular with the listeners, I was just telling him Um, And we're going to talk a little bit about things about Pride Because it is Pride Month Um, So we're going to have a little bit of a chat about that and I'm gonna throw some quick fire questions about things that I've answered myself from business. So um, so Tony, first of all, Pride. So yeah, before we jump in any further, what do you think? Just do you think pride is pride celebrations are still useful, worthwhile, enjoyable? Do you go to them?
1: I generally don't go to them. Um, just because they're not really my sort of thing anymore they they used to be and i think there's definitely a place for pride i just think that it's it's one of those things where it's very commercial now and it's very loud and it's about who's the biggest pop stars who are going to be appearing on what uh, stage and that's not really for me what pride's all about i think i think what's great is the prides that i loved maybe Maybe couldn't exist in the same format anymore because it was why
0: about. Is that, why? What would you mean?
1: Well, I think I think right when I go back to like my first pro, which was probably about nineteen ninety six. It was a case of the best thing about it was you would go up on the escalators, um, to like I don't know Clapham Common or somewhere like that, mm-hmm. and all you would see is gay people. You'd be in tube carriages, and all you'd see is gay people, and mm-hmm. what felt very much a real minority back in 96, 95, whenever it was, um. You don't really feel that so much now. You feel very much as a gay person that, that there is a lot more of you out there. You know, I think more and more people have come out. And I mean, one comparison I've got is I was out with a friend a few months back in Birmingham. Mm. We were out on a Wednesday night and it was the same night as when I used to go to a gay youth group. And at that gay youth group, there would have been 20 people there in, say, 96 um, on this night there was 20 um, trans uh, sort of teenagers out and I was thinking it, it's great that the, the amount of people who are trans who've come out and were out at that bar is the same as what it would have been for gay people mm, for mm. 20 years ago um, that, and, and literally that would have th- those 20 trans people you know for every one of them there would be loads more Gay people, if you know what I mean, yeah. probably yeah, making yeah, this yeah. a bit clumsy yeah, yeah. the way I'm saying no, it. No, but no, 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 that makes sense. In terms of how all these subgroups are are have just got bigger in in. Mm. in um, oh my words have failed me. I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm <laughs> no, hot. no. I had very little sleep last night, but yeah, I've, I've grown in population. That's another story, ladies and gentlemen.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. No, okay. So, what? So you say your first pride was. What year would it have been? It would have, would have been 96. 96. I do actually
1: know it's 96. I'm sort of dithering around between 95 and 96. And that was in London? Yeah, uh, that was in London. Um, And actually, my actually my first regional Pride was 96 too, probably a, li- uh, probably a couple of months before London, mm. which was Birmingham Pride, which was the very first Birmingham Pride, which is now oh, massive, right. but was very, very small when it started out. The first one was 96? Mm. Wow. Yeah. wow. Yeah, I was a 16-year-old in shorts and a T-shirt, on the uh,
0: youth uh, stall. On a crop top. <laughs> probably a crop top, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sparkle on your face. Yeah. Um, so, to be, yeah, but so you think it's still... I mean, it still has its I place. I definitely think I mean, it's... For the reasons, you're sorry to interrupt, the mm. reasons you're saying things like for trans people and their visibility. Um, yeah, you're right. And that's probably... I mean, that's what I think it's still useful for because it is giving people... and allowing trans people to feel comfortable and be part of the LGBT the tea that we all add in there. Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of presence and, you know, making your
1: presence feel known as a community, I think, um, as gays and lesbians, we've made our presence very known, we're no, we're no longer in the shadows anymore, mm. which is brilliant. Um, and I, I think the same is starting to happen now with the trans community as well. I mm. think that you know, um, there's more and more things in the media, shows, um, popular culture, which is which is making that community's presence very very clear. However, it's it's also about the fact that whether you, whether you're known as a community or not, and whether you've made your presence known, there is always going to be people which are against you, and that's why it's important to to keep. A celebratory festival I suppose yeah. and I think furthermore to that particularly in places which are remote places which are abroad it's great to have that face there for people who are well not only where we were 20 30 40 years ago but a lot further back in time mm. and in a lot more extreme situations where people's lives are in jeopardy day by day and we're seeing you know we're seeing a lot more countries which seemed more liberal ten years ago than what they are now which um I think it's important to have that yeah visibility
0: yeah um slightly off topic but kind of relevant because of talking about the legalities and when things were legal and when you're talking about Birmingham Pride but actually going back to uh did you have you watched or are you aware of the um the show the Jeremy Thorpe
1: yes I haven't watched it yet I've got it to I've got it to watch um but um Yeah, I knew of the case a lot. It was something that really interested me as a teenager, Mm. actually. So I read quite a lot about it and sort of... uh, I know a lot of the ins and outs. It's a a very intriguing, very soapy case in some ways. But um, but I, I think from what I've heard of it, it was very entertaining. But the criticism was that it felt a bit light... In terms of how it was dealt with, I don't know if that's a fair criticism or
0: not. Ah, uh, yeah. It. I mean, I can see why people would say that. I think it worked really well. I mean, because it's Russell T Davies, mm. um, and Stephen Frears, and I thought it was, I it appeared, it worked because it told that story without it just being. I think it was the reason it did work because it didn't. It wasn't laden down with. It was. There were a lot of it it was quite fun, funny. Yeah, yeah. It was funny as well, and the story is. Uh, peculiar story mm. and um, I didn't even realise that um, uh, what's it then the, um, we're sure thank, yeah what was his character and the name um, Norman uh, Cook Cook was it oh god I can't think of my god it's gone completely from my brain I don't know. but yeah that he was that he's still alive And yeah and yeah.
1: Was... well that was part of the thing because I've read that he'd sort of he'd criticised it quite heavily and saying that this was about you know my life in, in, in jeopardy and Um, that I was portrayed as effeminate. I think he criticised it as, and you know that you know he he wasn't like that, which you know I I don't know whether he was or he wasn't really. But uh, I think it's very tricky with these sort of cases because often the people who have lived through them are never going to like the dramas. and to make it palatable to an audience, and like you say, for tonal balance and to make things work, that's it. Sometimes you have to take artistic liberties to um. To make things, yeah. you know, work for a, a, particularly a prime-time BBC One audience. It's interesting that he said,
0: i oh god what's his name." It's gonna drive me so We should look it up. Norman, uh, um, I'll look it up. Yeah, Norman. Um, he was. I thought Ben Whishaw because they had. I I I couldn't remember what he was. Norman I'd Cox seen Cox an interview. Flat. Sorry, Norman Cox, Flat boy Slim. Yes, he's a Norman Cook. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, Oh, can you cut that out, please? I'm no, we're keeping that in. So no, because I said, I said yes, I agreed. It's Sorry, fine. four hours sleep last night. That's all <laughs> <last> I <time>. saw. <laughs> that case of Norman Cook and Zoe Ball. Um, no, but the but I thought Ben Whishaw playing the role was, well, it, was it was great. And then they then there was a sh- we watched the show where he was the real man was interviewed, mm. and he got into a tea. And, he, and so the, the, the I mean the effeminacy was was
1: there. Yeah, so I mean the, the little bits I'd seen of him sort of, of so. clips, I thought that he, he did seem a little effeminate. But um, and, and, and I, I always find Ben Whishaw a very good actor. But uh, yeah, I, I do want to watch it because I want to sort of you know make up my own mind on and, and see whether I think it Norman, Norman Scott. Norman Scott. There we go. and oh, it was a little um, short yeah. word, but yeah. not
0: not fat bustling <laughs> Um, but yes, yeah, Hugh Grant was. Hugh Grant was because I remember Jeremy Thorpe because we when we moved to North Devon he was mm. it was kind of the tail end of all this happening mm. so the makeup was great to make him look that sort of gaunt and ragged yeah. and that sort of like he, he yeah but the costume was mm. was great and the thing with like the trademark little hat and yeah all that stuff I thought was great and mm. I would say yes yeah, so you should watch it you should all watch it if you yeah. haven't watched it it's on my iPlayer I believe still at the moment. Um, which anyway, we'll talk about what you've been watching later. Mm. But anyway, back to Pride. Um, so, would you? So you you would. You said you you wouldn't go now because you think it's about music and pop stars and celebrity.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the the fundamental problem I have with Pride is I find it assault on my senses in some ways. Right. Um, I'm not very good with a load of dirt, dirt, and you know people just chuck things on the ground, oh, yeah, particularly on regional ones. Yeah. And noise. I can't stand whistles. They just go through me. It's like. Um, but did you always feel
0: like that with whistles and things? When you don't.
1: Probably not so much when I was younger. I, I think that the, they've always felt a little bit of an unnecessary assault on your
0: ears. <laughs> yeah, that's just me getting old. No, but, um, I, 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 used to blow a whistle. I wouldn't. Yeah. It was a play, isn't blowing whistles. Blowing whistles so there we go. There you go. Um,
1: but um, yeah. But it. it I mean I, w- I suppose I would go to certain things I've been to like Soho Pride in recent years and I quite like that because I like the um, idea yeah. of everyone being out on the streets and just chilling and chatting and having an atmosphere where it doesn't feel so crowded but it feels like party vibe I think when it when you I went to Manchester Mardi Gras last year mm. and I found that a bit much in terms of you know being crushed in places of you know trying to get down little tight alleys and stuff it just wasn't my idea of a good time to be honest but I suppose it depends on the environment and yeah.
0: space and noise and things like that, which is very old of me. No, I think it's funny because I I said to you and I've said before on the podcast that I went to. We were talking about Margate earlier, and we went to the Pride mm. last year, and and it was so. I use the word nice. It was nice. It was pleasant. It was friendly. It was small. Um, it was about the right. It felt the right sort of size and maybe this is being older as well but we went to you know an after party in the in the dreamland afterwards and it was we were we were probably some of the oldest people there Mm. but it was a different atmosphere and i think the thing you say about london is that it has become i don't know um i think the march is still useful and people should all do you know and i I, myself included i had i haven't marched for years and i should Mm. And I did say I was going to last year I didn't but the festival side of it slightly less I think now Trafalgar Square I think they're trying to steer away from it being too pop star led I think a lot of politicians speak there now so I think that's probably good the last thing I sort of went to which had a real meaning
1: sort of pride meaning to it was actually the um the candlelit vigil we went to in Trafalgar Square Mm. which did feel very much like how all prides used to feel, where it felt like, you know, making a presence of, uh, of yourself as a community and saying, you know, we won't stand for, um, well, in, in this case, hate crime. Mm. But, you, you know, back in 96, it was things like, you know, equal age of consent, you know, there, mm. were, there were things you were fighting for, which... Which is great when you get there, those things. I think what you always miss is that sense of community. But often you find the the best in people when they're when they're fighting an adversary. Mm. Um, it's that sort of wartime
0: spirit, I suppose. But yeah, no, I think you're right, actually. And I th- that's the thing, and I think we discussed it before, and I know it's come up a few times. Is that that it's very um? There's lots of disparate groups within the community. If there is a thing, and if it, and do we have a community? And that question comes up all the time, and. To know there feels like I mean, as you say, it's good that a lot more people are included. Um, and you know, people I think I heard that there was uh, asexuals marching at Pride last year, and I mean, that, that wasn't happening 10 years ago. Yeah. I think mean, that's good, and I think I'm not saying that's not bad, so there were lots of different groups coming in, but I think within just I think within mm. gay, I'm just let's go talk specifically about gay men within gay male community if there is one it feels that there are so many groups and the worlds don't meet anymore and they used to meet yeah and i think in certain cities that probably still do there is more mix um like i think san francisco is probably a prime example of how the gay male community Mm. ages styles bears twinks whatever otters all the, they all seem to they, it's all mix and match yeah. but in London it feels like it's become very
1: I think yeah and, and not even just in London I mean uh, I mean, I went yeah, to, a, to a, a quiz night in Birmingham which was a really good quiz and it had a really nice time and actually people were mixing I wouldn't say I wasn't necessarily part of the crowd in terms of the traditional clientele it was quite bears and cobs and things right. like that but um one thing I have found a lot of is a lot of the sort of like little groups I've gone gone to and things like that, there seems to be very much what they would self define themselves as geeks or nerds and a lot of sci fi lovers and, mm. you know, Doctor Who Marvel and them sort of things which which there seems a big base for guys in their thirties to go to if they're into stuff like that. But if you're not that doesn't that, that you seem to sort of fall out of it a little bit i found myself oh, really? sort of, that's interesting i found myself at this pub quiz and it was like you all had to suggest categories and i thought i'm not going to pick anything that anyone in this room is pretty much going to pick because it's very much a sort of everyone in their 30s seems to like the same things and it's it's like with films it's like you go to the th- the the, the, uh, the cinema and if you don't want to see a superheroes film or you don't want to see a sci-fi film well you better go
0: home pretty much <laughs> that's interesting that you See that you are actually not nerdy enough. Yeah, so and you
1: feel you actually feel out of it. Yeah, for
0: for not. You, <laughs> That's a turnaround.
1: Yeah, books, it, well, it, it sounds strange, but actually, you no, you feel almost like the nerdy sort of like sci-fi thing, which would have been a more oppressed group like when I was growing up, mm-hmm. is now actually the core cool group to be part of. Mm-hmm. And that if you're not part of that, then if you are like soaps, for example, or stuff like that, then then you're the new nerd. <laughs>
0: well yeah that's interesting oh that's no but you're, you're, now I'm thinking I'm thinking through my kind of file of names and facts. <laughs> what century mm. I, I'm going through my facts to look at the, just thinking of all the gay men I know and there's a lot that are science fiction and uh, that world is a, is a thing I mean it is a bit for me as well I suppose I've, but I wasn't God, that's a whole podcast in itself. Yeah, why I th- we?
1: I mean, gay. I th- I think the thing is, it's like now most of my friends, gay or straight, seem to like the same things. They seem to like superheroes and they seem to like sci-fi, mm. and that's the two things which have definitely come about in the last ten years. Which, yeah, if you're not into them, you feel like you're out of it because there's not much on offer basically for you if you're not God.
0: not films-wise. Wow, that's a cop. Cool. yeah no it's funny that i've never seen it that way and yeah um so i mean the thing is i was going to say going back to the pride uh is that yeah i loved margate and then further down the coast of brighton this year they've got um britney spears Mm. and so suddenly it all becomes really ticket heavy yeah um, I just don't think ends. that's
1: really right it's not what it's about it's like I have a concert for that and stuff like that yeah, it's I mean, about it's making fine. money and it's about having like you know the biggest celebrities then mm. then that's one thing but what well, if it bumps up the ticket price yeah then, I don't I just think yeah. it, it just all becomes so commercial then and Pride wasn't really you know created for commercial reasons and I think when it did go so commercial I mean that's what I think when they had the uh, bankruptcy and stuff like that didn't they years ago mm-hmm. I just think oh, yes. it's, it's not really in the spirit of it it's just a completely different thing
0: so you wouldn't go you wouldn't you wouldn't go out of your way to go to a pride now
1: no not go out my way okay. you know if I'm gonna see friends there then great you know if there was a real purpose if there was if it was there for a spirit like for example I don't know it was you know a pride where the theme was about international intolerance or you mm-hmm. know or you know a sort of like, brother and sisterhood of, um, of gays across the world unite and, you know, that sort of thing, then maybe I would, you know, to yeah. sort of like show that, that sense of, um, But to go to see Britney Spears for, you know, a bumped up ticket price, nah, yeah. not, not my cup of tea.
0: Yeah. Um, so do you have, for, talking about the fonder memories then of, of your earlier prides what's been kind of the best one for you where where were you and why why was it so special
1: um well I <laughs> i've never been to that many i went to a lot in my teenage years actually but I'd say, in london in maybe. london yeah. yeah it was like brockwell park i think was okay. one i think there might have been a clapham common brockwell possibly park. i remember
0: brockwell park
1: um they, they were
0: good there yeah I, I just that being really good
1: i mean i didn't live in london at the time so i might be mixing up with Clapham Common there might not been one there but I seem to remember that but Mm. um, yeah I I would say it was probably my first one and it was just the wonder and spectre of just sort of like going around and seeing so many gay people and and back then it was just looking around and going oh that guy's attractive and that guy's attractive and oh he might be he's gay and I wouldn't have imagined he would be gay and you know all that sort of stuff because you know you come from what is quite a large city but back then there was only so many people who were out and about. You'd see the same faces night mm. after night, and you'd get to know everyone, uh, even in a city like Birmingham. So to actually be able to see such a huge amount of people who'd come from all over the UK was a lovely feeling, and mm. it, it was that simplicity really, and all the rubbish that they're selling on their stalls, and you know, having a mm. pair of gay socks and all that sort of things. <laughs> I loved all that. I, you know, I really. Really enjoyed it, and and actually back then when you'd see the pop stars getting up on the stage and stuff, you felt there was a sense of you know s- s- sending messages of support for, as I say, age of consent. I remember people like Andy Bell maybe and Jimmy Summerbell, yeah, that you know all the the sort of old crowd sort of like getting on stage and you know drumming up the crowd, uh, crowd and saying you know that like these are the things that we want, and you know, th- there was a meaning to it back then. And there might have not been the most cutting edge pop stars who had just got a number one that year, but oh, no. that was there were ones which she felt you know had a real invested reason for being there rather yeah. than just promoting their new single.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. It did. It did. There was a time where it changed from being people like Andy Bell and Jimmy Somerville and those kind of people, Boy George, I suppose as well. Hmm. But the, and and then suddenly, and then you'd have female pop starlets suddenly appear in the mix, and right. like. Oh, oh, okay, get it, I get it. You will sell records to gays if you appear at a pride, mm. um, and I suppose pop style It's that's you know that's mm. we were all into them once upon a time. Yeah, I
1: mean I think the world's changed and it's changed for for better reasons. So it's great in some ways that maybe that sort of pride couldn't exist in its in that form today. Mm. Um, and there's no way of of sort of like getting that back because a lot of them battles have been fought, but I still think there's definitely more things that could be done to keep its true meaning there. Yeah,
0: no, absolutely. And perhaps I think now more than ever that the, you know, the the increase in homophobic crimes in the UK and especially in London is really on the rise again, that it is perhaps time for... If everybody did make an effort and did come together, and like you say, it's the common cause again, or you know, if there's, there's something yeah. to fight against, if there genuinely hopefully it was probably not going to be in our lifetime, there will be a time when there isn't a, mm. anything to fight, and but that's not the world, is it? Really? No, certainly not. Um, anyway, slightly off from pride, we'll come back to that later. Now, I do we do have to talk about it because I've managed to avoid talking about it for a while is the phenomena that is rupaul's drag race and some people say it's gone off the boil
1: Hmm.
0: i don't think it's gone off the boil personally but um i'd say that it's not my favorite season it's not as exciting as some of the seasons Hmm. um and some of it, some of the formulas probably need to change. I do not enjoy when they do a rusical <laughs> a musical. No, those things just don't work. Anyway, that's my that's the negative part yeah. of it. But anyway, are, what are your thoughts on it? Are you still enjoying it?
1: I, I'm still enjoying it. it. It's not the most classic of seasons. I agree. I think it it does go through these dips and troughs um, quite a lot, really. To be honest, I think um, you know, I think the. The, the best series was series 4, 5 and 6 I think were all really, mm. really strong Yeah, I actually think season 8 was really weak and I never really liked season 2 neither Who 8?
0: Remind me of 8 8
1: was like Thorgy Thor Bob the Drag Queen oh, was oh, great yeah. but I thought everyone below Bob the Drag Queen really was it was like oh, you know it didn't really have much pizzazz to it mm. Um, I enjoyed series 9 but I think series 9 had a similar feel to series 10 if I'm honest That's I think right. where it's like a lot of everyone's pretty good but no one really stands out as like being amazing um so i mean yeah actually you, i do, do have.
0: You, a... who do you like in this I, I actually
1: batch? think eureka's been the best and i think eureka should win i think she's been the strongest but then i i tend to go more for the comedy ones i like to be entertained on that level and i think she's mm-hmm. done a few standout ones where i have thought right she's really entertained me there i think she's the the, the strongest I think um, some of them have been lucky to get to the end. I think age is quite overrated. I think... See, um, I
0: of the people, are you up to date on it? Yes, I yeah. am. So I'm not going to be giving this... But, well, yes, if you're listening to this, there could be spoilers if you're behind. But anyway, so jump ahead by maybe five minutes. Anyway, I, in the in, in the, the people that are left now, age is the only one that I like. See,
1: I think Asia's very good at putting across a way in which I'm the worldly wise queen mm. who knows everything. But it's all a little bit slightly insincere in certain places. I think she's nice enough to a degree, but she hasn't done anything that's worried me. I think, you know, I think uh, some of her costumes have been good, but that's been about it. There hasn't really been any standout moments. I, I think I've warmed
0: to the per- to the well, maybe it's yeah. fake but I've warmed to the personality more than I think it's
1: just make a little bit sort of like I know it all, which right. is a little bit an irritating. I mean, and it's been because bit... the other's are 12. Yes, yeah, true. I do think what you said um, we had a conversation a few months back about it being too young. I agree with that. But then that's because they're all younger than me. So I would say that.
0: Yeah. But it <laughs> does seem especially like it does seem like at the moment there are no... There hasn't been anyone over the age of... I don't know. Over the age of 36 is the,
1: is the oldest, I think. Oh, really? I think, I think Asia's the oldest. Thir- I think 36. 30. But... Um, I really did like Money Exchange. I thought she was really good.
0: See, yes. Um, I, that was... I. I that, there was a natural warmth. And, yeah. And I, was, I was... Why are they removing this? Why, why is she going? Yeah. This didn't I? I felt like it was all a bit set up. And then, of course, everybody talks about Vanjie.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And that will be the most iconic thing <laughs> ever from that show now. From three words. Two words, in fact, repeated three times.
1: Apparently a lot more in the original, I heard that, oh, that's really? it, apparently yeah. that's where it come from. I read the other day whether it's true or not, I don't know that she went on for quite a while and that's why that's why, it's, they, all why, why they find it so funny. But, but um but yeah as for the rest that, it's heard just that
0: she's in the next season. Yes,
1: I uh, heard that's the rumours it would not surprise the rumors me. Are yeah.
0: abounding But yeah no that's I I I, yeah,
1: yeah. Then she's won it, hasn't she? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think, I think, yeah, that's sort of sorry. Some of them they just haven't really stood out as much. Did you as you like, Blair? I, like Blair? I did like Blair. I did actually, Blair. I did, I did, I did think Blair give it a different flavour, and she could have gone a lot further. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't. I think don't There's been anyone who stinkers, but like you say, the mu- musicals, 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 they're just not very good. They need to give them. If they're going to do a performance task, they need to give them proper jokes, and they need to make it funny. And the scripts need to be the tight. And the scripts off. are. Really bad. Really bad. No, I mean, you know, some people can't shine if they're just given that rubbish to do. No. But I have, on the plus side, I really enjoyed the fact that the mini challenges have been back, and the pit crew's been back, and a lot of the classic elements have all come back. Them them bits, I think, have been the strong part of it. Um, But Rue's been a bit weird on this season. I don't
0: know if you've found it as well, but it's almost like she's done a high or they give her like... There was one specific episode that I, I think I... Because I, I go on all the Reddit groups mm. and read everything that all the fans are saying. Um, and people went crazy after that one episode where there was like, was she high? Was she on drugs? Was she drunk? Because mm. it did... It did... It was it was a bit weird. Mm. And I think I feel a few of the episodes she's been a bit... Whether they've said... Whether they've whether World of Wonder, whoever has said, okay, you need to up the ante and be a bit more fun. Yeah, I don't know.
1: Have you seen the um, stuff that um, Willem has said about the show in terms of like her time on it and the, cool, the tweets? I did. I did read it. Um, well, I haven't got it. on I mean, I could have to read the. Uh Oh oh no, it's gonna stop now, it'll start again in a minute. Um but it was all about terms of like not being able to look at Rue and not being able to all on all this sort of stuff and um yeah, it was very interesting which rude. is a
0: shame if it's all true. I mean but then Willem did apparently sleep with one of the producers yeah. and talked yeah. openly about it, so it's not yeah. a secret. But yeah, uh, yeah, I hope I, I hope that, that you'd like to think that she isn't a cold ice queen I suppose she has to be a bit because she's so successful mm. and you don't get to that level of success if you're always a nice person I think mm. probably anyway um, so uh, who do you think's going to say you are going to say Eureka I
1: think Eureka needs to win I'll be, I'll be disappointed if she won't because she's the only one who stood out for me I thought actually on the last episode spoiler if anyone's uh, yeah. hasn't seen it yet but um, I thought they were really OTT o- T on Aquaria I didn't like Aquarius' costumes. I thought it was garish and and, and Asia's last one as well. I thought it was quite a, a a sort of like, you know, the 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 dark side of Asia Ohara. where It was just like black and stuff. It was like it was very sort of like well, I if somebody liked. else had done it, they'd have said cliché. Yeah. Um yeah. I didn't particularly enjoy Eureka's costumes particularly, but I thought she was very open with her story. And actually, all the ones they said, oh, you've been open, I thought, well, I don't think they have. And all the ones they said were, didn't, weren't really being open about themselves, I thought, well, I mean, I thought Miss Cracker was, when she was saying about you've rose to the middle and stuff like that, I thought that was quite a, a sort of, like, bearing your, your soul. Yeah,
0: no, it's funny that you think, because I, I, I think Aquaria, we will change the subject in a minute, mm. but I think Aquaria was, is, is a bit of a favourite, it's teacher's pet yeah I think there there is an element across, of that um, I, kind of like, I mean he, I think Aquarius has been quite we're, we're good I but, think she'll win it
1: but, but, yeah I think she'll win as well but I, I um, she's not a winner for me she's probably second out of who's left for me right but um. But, so yeah.
0: are, what, else, what else are you watching anything else at the moment in the world I've
1: hardly been watching anything to be honest I've just no. been very busy with work so um, yeah um, I've been very poor at keeping up with what's on he screen he writes
0: for TV but he doesn't watch it <laughs> sometimes <laughs> you need a break yes
1: <laughs> Um, I've been watching Corey which you know I know you you watch it. watching but they've done the, 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 the suicide story very very well I've been very it. impressed with that it, but
0: I did hear about it so it was good so yes was
1: very very well done and different and yeah did you unique. know who was writing that um, well I know several, several writers were over it I know Jonathan Harvey so wrote so one we're of the episodes and it that. was very good and I think um the the exact producer they had on there, she's been outstanding in sort of like making the show sort of turn itself around, um, really, in terms of like, you know, a lot of cutting edge stories and looking at things in a different way, and she's had a lot of criticism, which I think is, is unfair,
0: I think she's been really good. We should just explain Corrie, for listeners mm. outside the UK, Corrie's Coronation Street, and it's a soap, and it's been on since my God, what year did it start? You should know this. 1960. There we go. December the seventh. Um, wow. There you go. Pub quiz. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a TV institution. Institution. Mm. Um, but, but it's one of your favourites. Yeah. Mm. Um, look at it on YouTube. I'm sure there'll be special special episodes. Special episodes. No, yeah, YouTube? they've got they've That's got plenty. The same, yeah i discovered some brookside anyway we'll talk about that later brookside's another soap from the 80s that didn't survive quite so long um so (laughs) so this is one that i was asked a while back um and it was i had to name 10. i'm not going to make you name 10 but i was asked to name 10 men if i outside of my wonderful husband 10 men in the public eye that appealed to me uh and why so I'm going to ask you the same question
1: mm, okay I always find this difficult because I can never think of them and they you know um, but Hugh Jackman I really like actually I've thought of um, he's um, yeah no, I don't, don't know there's just like something it? very I don't know stable that? and sorted and caring and mature about him and he's hot as well so you know
0: no, I wouldn't have thought he would be somebody that would...
1: I'm getting to that age. <laughs> God. Yeah, no, no he's it's good, it's um, good. I think he's, yeah, very, very attractive. Uh, he would be high up. And you think he's a nice
0: person as well? That's yeah, it's,
1: I think it's, there's... It's quite warm. I think I'm getting to that stage where it's like looking at that sort of like stable, secure, nice, nice guy type thing. You know, husband
0: material. Have you watched the film? The re- the show? No, I haven't. No. I haven't okay. yeah, we're going to get you for Christmas. <laughs> um, okay, so that's one. Mm. So Hugh Jackman.
1: Okay, I'll go Ricky Martin for my youth and the fact that he's still hot nowadays. And, and he's what gay. is it
0: appeals to you? Why why does Ricky Martin why has he appealed to you for so long? What's about him? Just gorgeous
1: and he's Latin and he just so appeals Latin, to all that side yes. of me and he can dance and Yeah. And he seems like a nice guy as well, so yeah. Um yeah, the whole uh, Married. I know, you don't have to <laughs> tell me that. Um, sod. <laughs> <laughs> and if
0: you haven't watched, because you haven't watched, mm. and you should go and watch is The um, the Assassination of Gianni Versace. And Mr Ricky Martin is, that, is in that and I think he's very good. Yeah, I've heard he's amazing. Um, yeah. So uh, it's a very good show generally. Yes, there you go, one for you to go. Hmm. And look at um, okay, so we've got Hugh Jackman, and Ricky Martin, two. So we've got three more.
1: Okay, let's go through the whole sort of like different taste. So let's go Tom Daly next because That's Daly. The, the the cute, sweet. Uh, I don't know how old's Tom Daly now. Twenty four. Yeah. I wanna th- wanna say he's twenty four, so he's yeah. not younger. But um, <laughs> yeah, he's he's cute and sweet and attractive and again nice and mature for his age. Married. Yeah, okay. <laughs> there's a theme here, I know. <laughs>
0: um, okay, so well, actually that is quite different. Yeah,
1: You're lucky out of these. I've got two out of three which are gay. Normally it's the, <laughs> it's the straight contingent I'm always after. Um, okay, so... If they're gay, they're married. That's the trouble, isn't it? Yeah. Hugh, Ricky, Tom. Ah, oh, see now I'm struggling. Oh, I'm trying to trying to think of who else there is. Cause there's loads of guys I fancy, but normally it's like, you know... It'll be someone out of The Apprentice who's, you know, you've forgotten that by the next year and stuff.
0: Um, Were you you into um, the tour of The Apprentice, the one that everybody fell in love with, who was in Celebrity Big Brother, who was with Courtney Act? and they have their
1: physically feet. yes personality no right. but I never watched Celebrity Big Brother I did watch him in The Apprentice and yeah from the, from the first episode I was like oh he's beautiful and then second episode it was like yeah but he's he's not that nice is he really and right. yeah, it's, yeah that that sort of faded so he doesn't go he doesn't get he, doesn't no. get he looked like Superman I thought he had that sort of well that's too. probably why he mm.
0: appeals to people because he's yeah yeah um, um,
1: Ben Cohen as an old
0: favourite there we go and why Ben Cohen? What's ben oh, ben Cohen? I suppose
1: it's, it is similar to the Hugh Jackman effect. It's sort of like that sort of like sturdy, strong, attractive, macho, nice guy. Straight. Yeah. So he's not, straight, straight and sorry. married. <laughs> yes. Straight and married. Yeah.
0: So he's not the first of your five that was I think straight. he's married anyway.
1: Um, no, the, well, Hugh Jackman's married as well. I think. They're all married. Oh, great. Is so there any single one?
0: Yeah. 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 Okay, so... You, Think of a single, so your last one has to be a single. Oh,
1: God. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry, this is never going to happen, okay. is it? i never found All someone right, so single. Just, uh, no. Let me try and think. Um, I don't know people whether whether they're single they, or not, no. actually. I wouldn't
0: know. No, but so who's your fifth? Married or not? Straight or fifth, not? Fifth? I don't know.
1: Um, well, this is a random one. He wouldn't be my fifth, but, you know, in terms of somebody else who I thought was attractive recently, Prince Harry, there you go. Oh, there you go. Married. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like <laughs> I've got to know they're married before I find them attractive. There's there's something uh, disturbing did about you watch this. The wedding? I did, yeah. Actually, yeah. and I'm completely not a royalist in any way, shape, or form. But I thought it was very sweet, and I like the fact it was unconventional, and you know, mm. and that I think you know it's um, you know I, I always feel sorry for them personally. I always feel like. As much as they're privileged in many ways, having to live your life in a goldfish bowl isn't. Mm. You can't be nice when you don't really have much of a choice about it. No,
0: no, and I think I think he's I think Prince Harry's a decent person, yeah. and I think his his heart is in the right place, and let's hope their marriage doesn't end um, quite not so tragically. I don't want to go, <laughs> but it doesn't you know doesn't go the same way that some of well that is mum and dad's did, but mm. yeah, um. So, okay, I've just got a little list of things for, for Tony and I to shoot the shit about. Um, that's a term, isn't it? Shoot the shit? shit. <laughs> it's a term by you. <laughs> uh, we're going to go with it now anyway. Um, so, yeah, um, i got, <laughs> Tony noticed, i would written down Peter Stringfellow, because I just, it was when I was noting it down, I was like, oh my goodness, Peter Stringfellow's gone. Um Uh, Not not that I would think he would be one of your five men, and I don't know why we would (laughs) discuss it in a podcast about gay men, but I had a couple of amazing nights at Stringfellows back in the uh, very early 90s. I never knew this. Mm. Yeah. I went to a hen night. I was the only man man, and a hen. It was all women and about three gay men in the whole of the building. Um... And uh, it was a brilliant night. And then I went to somebody had a party there and I loved it. And I thought it was going to be awfully tacky and all the cliches. But it wasn't. It was really pleasant. And I had a wonderful time and I'd go again. Wow. So if you want to go to Stringfellows. It wasn't on my list, but... (laughs) No, well, it is now. Um, No, I thought he was a decent bloke anyway. Mm. I think he was probably, you know, faking with the tan and Mm. hair, but quite a genuine person yeah
1: I know um, very little about him to be honest apart it's, from it's the, a random thing to
0: yeah. come up but anyway so we like Peter God rest yeah. your soul <laughs> so uh, yes so your favourite things this is kind of going back a bit about London's gay yesteryears places that you what do you remember fondly A bit like the pride thing when places used to go and why did you like places
1: well actually with the Pride thing, I remember going to the Retro Bar, um, after Pride one year and it wasn't the Retro Bar where it where it was. It was um oh yeah, it was Retro Bar. I'm getting mixed up with Popstars. No, it wasn't Retro Bar. Sorry, I'll start that again. Yeah. It was Pop Stars. Um yeah. but it wasn't Pop Stars at Pop Stars. It was at um this sort of like temporary place in uh, near Old Street I think and it was sort of like an outdoor bar type thing right. and I remember going there and it was sort of like really not, not, as I say 96 so it was all sort of like blurring and oasis years and that sort of like mm. grungy look mm. um, and seeing a lot of guys there which I was like again I, I couldn't understand that these guys were gay because they didn't look like my notion of gay in Birmingham that the look was a whole different and there was guys they had that t-shirts I T-shirts with band
0: names on. Yeah,
1: and they, they were very masculine looking and not, you know, not like what I was used to in mm. on the Birmingham scene, which was was more chintzy in those days. Mm. Sure. And, and finding a lot of guys attractive that night and thinking, oh, this is nice. I'm actually finding guys
0: attractive, which you know doesn't always happen. What year would this be? Ninety six. Ninety six. Mm. Okay, so it's ninety six. Yeah. yeah. That was when I was going there. Yeah. I used to. I thought, I think it's a shame that doesn't. Exist as a it's come back. It's been having nights. Yeah, one offs. Yeah, absolutely. and I haven't gone. I haven't. We should have organised and go. I still wonder if I'm going to be. Probably it's going to be people who were going when we were going. So it's not all going to be. I kids. think there is
1: a lot of people which want to go back who've been there originally. I used to love pop stars when it was uh, La Scala. Scala. And it was um, it was good. A very different um, a very different vibe to any other sort of gay club I'd been. Really, yeah, it was. Um,
0: and it was always seemed really friendly. I remember it being just off Regent Street Mm. when I first used to go in it was a club just off Regent Street and the first time I went Susie Sue was there Uh and I was like this has got to be a cool place (laughs) if she's here and then you were right and I was like all these men are in and women are in are like they're at a rock gig Mm. not at a gay bar and for then it was quite revolutionary and it was a brilliant idea and well, I remember the last
1: time I went was with you actually and it was when it was at the end or the new end or whatever it was near Tottenham Court Road I don't know if you remember this night and it was a different venue completely and we went there and it was really unfriendly and like we didn't have a great oh, night Yes. yes. and it, it just felt like oh that's died then that, yes. that whole you know feel and vibe has died with La Scala and now it's moved it didn't have the same feel to it yeah I, um,
0: you're right I completely forgot that happened yeah, and we felt really disappointed. Yeah, yeah, it was sad. Maybe if we went back now in one of its kind of one-offs, it I would imagine. Be, yeah, I uh, imagine
1: to, it would be better than, than how it was then.
0: Um, but so yeah. So do you have any other kind of like? Did you ever go to heaven? Like when um, it was when it wasn't gay and.
1: Yeah, I think I'd been to heaven when it when it wasn't gay at heaven, and I never really liked heaven to be honest. It was it was more uh, for your hard clubbers, and it was always for you know. You'd always see like lots of sweaty muscle guys and I never really fitted in with that crowd, to be honest. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Um and GOY I never really liked neither, to be honest. It was like I, I don't know what it was about it. The the way that the venue was just didn't
0: When it was at the Astoria.
1: Yeah, it did, never really conjured up any great memories from I never really had any fabulous nights at GOY. It just I just right. never, the edge I really liked. Um I missed the edge being, you know, on um Soho Square. I always thought that was a nice little venue to pop in mm. and you know catch so up with a couple of drinks. So you really just
0: more about clubs, really, wasn't it? You just went into the club thing. I
1: yeah, think. the club clubs so much in in London. Apart from pop stars, was always the ch- my club mm. of choice. the The rest of them really didn't do that much for me. I mean, Joys should have been my thing. I think it was more actually the building and the the right. setup. I didn't like. I, I just didn't think it worked as a sort of like theater as was being changed into a club. It just felt a bit. I yeah. don't know. No, there was no chill-out room. I think I yeah. like a good chill-out room. A, play, a, a place to not mm. just be screaming over music. Exactly. God, I mean, enough. Retro Bar for me was always the middle floor. I was forever on the middle floor. Not Retro Bar. Oh, God. Pop Stars, <laughs> I'm going to call it. So what not, is it not today? three floors at Retro. Retro Bar and Pop Stars. See, like... Norman Cook. It's <laughs>
0: like... <laughs> I like... I like... So, for li- listeners outside London, my favourite pub, and sometimes um, Tony's not so... Keen to go there, but I quite often have dragged you there. it's mm. the retro bar mm. in George Court, and it's a it's a similar thing. It has a jukebox that is all indie and eighties pop, mm. and I always find the people there to be really friendly. It's one of the more friendly places I find in Central London. Yeah. Um,
1: I don't mind it. I just find it's it's not it's very really much more of a relaxed. yeah. It's relaxed. You, you, I don't feel like I'm going out for a big night out if it goes to a retro oh, bar. Say and I, I do night. I do like quite a a big night out if it was a, a drink after work. Then yeah, that sort mm-hmm. of you know. But it's um it's got quite a sedate. So thing. when
0: was the last time you had a big night out in <gasps> <at> Soho?
1: <laughs> oh, I can't even remember. It was that long ago. It was absolutely ages ago. So this is the thing. Well, it's depressing. I've just I've not been in London as much as I'd have liked and. Yeah, and whenever I've sort of wanted nights out, other people haven't been free, and then when other people have wanted nights out, I haven't been free. Yeah, and I th- I think a lot of um, a lot of my friends just won't go the places I want to go anymore, which is sad. so.
0: Where you, where would be a good night for you to go? If uh, I said to you now, I've got you. You've got a new outfit. Yeah. to go, and here's three hundred quid. Well. Go, I still
1: go? like the yard, which I think a lot of my friends do. Actually, like the yard. Yeah, so I, I, yeah. The yard yeah. still does it for me. I still like the village. I don't mind the village. I haven't been in there um, for a
0: long time. Probably the last time I was with you, uh, a couple of years ago.
1: And actually, I still like Cuba. I went in there a little while ago no, with one could, of our have friends. You been there? Yeah, I went with one of our friends, Greg, and um, um, I thought, oh, this is gonna feel like I'm too old. And actually, yeah, it did feel a little. Oh, it was a bit too old. But I still like the atmosphere and the fact that it felt happy and lively and young and fresh and everything and so yeah i still did you know any of the music on the video screens nope but,
0: uh... <laughs> <laughs> see that's changed i'm like oh yeah. no idea i think i ever did though to be <laughs> fair yeah, yeah no was, yeah um god you took greg there <laughs> yeah that's I, I paid to see that night the two of you in the corner maybe <laughs> this drink and this pinky finger up um okay so uh so, where, so now I used to like the box by the way I just remember that
1: do you remember the box? I do in Covent Garden in Covent I used to like box. that was just for drooling purposes though
0: yeah it was quite I used to sometimes feel it was a little bit pretentious and everybody really believed that they were hot and yeah trendy setting the whole time yeah there was
1: definitely that going on
0: um, but you're right there were lots of um, pretty people in there um, so for you now What's a, what is a good night out for you now?
1: Somewhere where I can actually have a conversation, but I've always been like that. That Like, when yeah. I was 15, I never liked really loud... I don't like being on a dance floor. I'm not a dancer. I like having deep, meaningful conversations with someone in a beer garden or a chill-out room. Right. So anywhere that's got that is definitely a plus for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, as I say, it's difficult because all my friends have very much gone towards different tribe type things and I don't really belong to any of them and it's it's hard finding places to go which sort of just feel like in the middle and they're not defined by a, mm. a specific type. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'd like a, a few more bars to come about like that. But there's nowhere I... Where
0: love. do you miss that's gone? Where do I miss that's gone? See, I miss I, the black cap. Mm. I used to really like going there and I always found that was friendly I used to go every Monday night Mm. and there was a DJ called Chris Reardon and it was an 80s night every Monday Chris Reardon I remember that name and Mm. I'd go religiously every Monday Mm. regardless of what was going on in my life when I could still get up and do things the next day without it being a problem yeah Um, but I miss that place it's such a shame I like the
1: Green Carnation. That was nice. Mm, that was the good place, yeah. Um, And I can't remember what was there before it, but I always quite liked that venue for some reason. I've always thought that was good. The Edge I quite like just for a chill out, as I sort of said. It's gone. And that's gone. Um, and But the biggest place I miss, which won't mean too much to you, but would be been Route 66 in Birmingham. Which i have heard of, but never been to. I yeah. loved that bar. That was great, because that was when Birmingham was a very small scene and everyone basically went to Route 66, so I had a really good vibe and it was friendly and busy and eclectic with its you know clientele and it was just a lovely bar and then they closed it down spent a million on it renamed it route 2 after a naming campaign very very original and um it lost its atmosphere and mm. and then it sort of went through a decline and then it closed and and a part of the reason was because so many other bars were, were coming up and Hoovering Up Its Trade, which seemed really good at the time, as in like, Oh, we've got more bars Four to choices, go to but, but actually none of them were anything compared to they Root. Root haven't lasted probably. No, it's well some of them have and some of them haven't, but it's almost like they've all it's it's divided that scene up. So you've got you've got the you've got the village, which is sort of like quite a loud bar for you know, really screamy sort of music and then you've got like uh, eden which is more for your cubs and bears and then you've got your loft lounge which um is a bit well i, I like it but a lot of people would call it pretentious Right. <laughs> so it has that you know it splits splits off into different sections and sometimes i think if you've got a mix of all three of them that's really quite nice because then you feel like you've got like you sort of said this lack of community mm. and having this this mixture together so the the la- the louder members aren't quite so loud, don't seem quite so loud or, you know, because they're not just by themselves and all this sort of mixing, I think, helps.
0: So what's your, what's been your favourite uh, foreign gay experience? And I don't, if you want to tell us about that, then that's fine, but no, where your destination and place that you've been to? whether it's a location or a bar in another city in another part of the world. Well, I
1: haven't been many places, as you know, and I've, I've found a place that is always spoke to me as as a, uh, I feel connected to, and I go back and back, and is Barcelona. Barcelona. I love, there's a, a, a bar there, and I can't remember the name of it, I should know the name of it, because I've been so many times, but I always get a few of them mixed up, it begins with A, I mm. think. And, um it just has a lovely vibe the music they play there is latin which speaks to me and um it's it's just got such a good feel good vibe everyone's really friendly in there and smiley and you know it just feels so different to the uk mm. i absolutely love that place and then there's there's a rooftop bar um over the hotel axis which i love as well um which is very sort of classy looking and you, you know and you're rooftop bars I think have always got oh, a, yeah, a, yeah, something yeah. special about them anyway but expensive but nice really nice so uh, for a perfect night out going there first and then going to that uh, that club after that is ideal for me and not a cl- that club on a Saturday that club like on a Thursday or mm-hmm. you know and it's a little bit there's there's plenty of people out but it's not like heaving yeah because I, I, I don't so much like heaving nights out I what think about it's... San
0: Francisco because we've been there we've yes been there at yeah. some
1: time yes I um with San Francisco we went to a bar on one of the last nights which um, I do sure remember the, the bar I can't remember the name of it but it was uh, in Haight Ashbury I think or towards ah, there yes and um, that was um, that was a lovely bar I really liked there there was um, <clears> I mean the, there were reasons the, the, or, there may have been reasons you know. there but yeah I can't remember what exactly but um, but gentlemen friends gentlemen friends there. but it was um I don't know a very alternative looking mm. sort of place and I sort of quite like that. I quite like alternative places, even though I'm not alternative at all. Well, it's,
0: I'll have to look it up in a because I want to remember yeah. the name and tell people to go there because it was yeah, it was, it was and it was away from Castro and all the kind of main gay yeah, heart. Yeah, it was it was
1: very heart. different and mm. just had a really nice vibe to it. Mm. I I really like there. Um I like the place with the um Mummy Deer is playing and all the videos and Oh the midnight you know, sun. Yeah, that was good. I go back there every time.
0: I, I really like there. Um, do you know the last time I was in there though there was one point where it was only Keith and I in there really watching and the DJ and the VJ and, and the barman and wow. it was just like why is this it was sad well, that is sad I think it's still I think it does I think they i tell you who hosts it's Honey Mahogany oh
1: really she's, oh yeah because she's, she's from South San Francisco, Francisco and, yeah
0: and she has evenings there and I've heard that they're really popular and busy mm. but this one night it was a wintry day so it was cold and mm. stuff but I was like there are a few, and then there was one point where it's just me and Keith. I'm like, no, this can't be happening oh. to one of my favorite bars, but it still goes on. And um, I like,
1: yeah, like the, 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 the cafes around there. Like, you know, remember we went for breakfast the one one day, and there was um, really nice server. He was ever so sweet, bless him, an older guy. And uh, oh yes, um yeah, i did some good breakfasts on the Castro. So yeah. Um, be that really and then beach wise um, you know there's a great one in Barcelona which is not in the main part of town it's about a 20 minute walk out which is a gay beach which is brilliant Mm. and super paradise beach in Mykonos because I didn't love Mykonos but
0: that beach was amazing right it's funny that you're a beach person I never think of you as a a beachy person no it
1: it sort of surprised me I never thought I would be a beach person but actually there is something I love about just switching off my brain and just watching people go by um, it just
0: is it a nudist speech? No. <laughs> <laughs> there's one of those. one of those in San Francisco that I've heard. Oh
1: yeah, of yeah. course you have. Yeah, I've heard. Mm.
0: Um, and well, actually, yes, because uh, we're we, we're going to uh, we're going to have basically listeners. We're going to have dinner soon. I'm going to cook Tony dinner for all his troubles. Um, but Tony, before you go before we go we're not going anywhere before I turn this machine off um, what would be your standout moment in your ever since you've been out and proud what is the the, the the best gayest moment of your life and it can be work it could be uh, a thing a, a pride in a bar it could be doing a job that was particularly gay it could be or, or political moment
1: okay the gayest th- the gayest thing I think I've ever done I would say <laughs> in a stereotypical way is applying to be a dog au pair on a houseboat for a gay couple and then they split up and the one took the dog away to I think it was Saudi Arabia or South Africa <laughs> or somewhere like that
0: and um and yes yeah, so I didn't a get dog the job au pair. yeah a dog amazing. au pair amazing amazing that's brilliant um okay I don't think. Well, then of course, the other gayest thing you did. No, oh, what's that? on stage? Oh, oh gaydar Diaries There we go. Yeah, there you go. That that would be pretty much as gay as it gets, really. Yeah. And for people who don't know what gaydar is outside of the UK, well, probably because it was it was worldwide, wasn't it? But mm-hmm. it does still exist. Yeah. <laughs> um. But it's a. It's a. It was the original. Original grinder. Yeah. Before grinder um and we did a show about it anyway go and google that one people thank you very much tony it's time to have some pasta and some wine well hey thank you <laughs> bye <Bye-bye>. bye <laughs>